On this edition of the Table of Content, Michael and I review Sunday Golfer, a short original story by James G. Bruin Jr. That's coming up next right here on the Table of Content. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Table of Content. I am Albert Sines, joined with Michael Steele. Michael, welcome aboard. Thank you, Albert. It's good to be here. Always glad to be with you, sir, for another episode. And as I alluded to in the introduction, today we will be reviewing Sunday Golfer, an original story by James G. Bruin Jr. He's contributed a few stories to us at the Audio Theater. Um, so uh, let's just kind of get into it here. Uh, golfing. Michael, are, are you a golfer? I, that's a great question. I'm actually not. Um, I used to joke about it and say that I have deferred learning golf until the afterlife. Until <laughs> <laughs> it can be perfected. Right. And uh, The last time I was actually tried golfing, I was at a uh, driving range and I was scaring the people in the booth next to me because my ball that I was trying to hit was not going actually going out into the field. It was just shooting out straight, like perpendicular to the field <laughs> into the booth. And they, and they were ducking and kind of giving me these angry looks like, you know, pull it together, man. But uh I've only but, been golfing one time in my life and that was mm-hmm. let's see, that was almost twenty years ago. I was in the seminary and the Knights of Columbus took the seminarians out on this annual sort of golfing extravaganza. Mm. And um, I'd never played before outside of miniature golf, which obviously does not count. (laughs) Uh, And I had a wicked slice. I don't know how I made it through without knocking someone in the head or knocking a bird out of the air. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I I played the one time. It was enjoyable because it was just sort of, there was no commitment to it. It was just basically go out and have fun. Uh, and I have not picked up a golf club since then. Right, right. It sounds like we have about both the same level of expertise in the in the subject of golf. Yes, we should probably never join forces on a golf course <laughs> together, or we will be sure to cause injury and destruction. Uh, but you know, uh, for many people, many people, golf is a loved sport. Uh, a hobby, an escape, something that people put a lot of time and attention to. Here where I live, uh, in this small little rural community in Texas, uh, we have a public golf course. And there are Mm. some people here who take their golf very seriously. And all the way down to their, you know, extremely fancy golf carts. And since it's such a small little place we live, people will actually drive their golf carts from their homes all the way to the golf course mm. uh, versus some people who, will, you know, they'll just rent from the golf course. Now, these people here just drive it out. That's kind of our area, right? I'm like, wow. wow, that is a really nice golf cart. I'm used to sort of the classic beige, tiny wheels, looks kind of cheesy. But these ones, you know, they actually have nice rims and they're different colors. Um so, you know, wow. golf is really enjoyable for some people and they invest their time, their resources. And, mm. you know, I assume that most of those people are multiple times better than I will ever be at golf. Mm-hmm. Yes. Practice makes perfect, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. right. 
just just keep on keep on swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this story, in Sunday Golfer, we have a fellow whose name is Will Duffy, and we learn that he is a lover of golf. Um. I mean, he 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 makes the he makes the statement that he kind of slips in that I think we're supposed to sort of pay attention to. Uh, several paragraphs in, he says, "For over thirty years, I've played golf every Sunday morning while my wife goes to church." Uh, Duffy told the caddy as they strode the fairway. So mm. he has spent a lifetime playing golf, almost. You know, mm. um, so that's sort of the synopsis we have. This. We have this Will Duffy, and he's out playing golf. And as far as we know, it's another outing for him. Uh, but things uh, things sort of start to become apparent that something's awry. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll let you pick up from there. Sure. You always have to admire the writing in a short story because there's such an economy of words, and you have to tell the story as well as a backstory in a very short amount of time. And reading through the script here, it's only two pages long. And yet there's a beginning, there's the tying of the knot, the untying of the knot and the conclusion. And that's this particular line that points to that backstory, right? He's played golf for over 30 years, but the point of the story is, He's played golf on Sunday while his wife went to church. And so it's a tale of choices and the playing out, uh, no pun intended, of those choices. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> of those choices. And uh, what, what he has chosen to dedicate his leisure time to. And I'm not. You know, I'm not advocating, and uh, you know that all leisure is bad. But you know, there's sort of a qualitative, superior element to worship versus, um, you know, playing golf. You know, no offense to avid golfers out there. Of course. You, you know the 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 concept of rest and finding ways to rest and rejuvenate yourself and to find pleasure in life is an important thing. Uh, Mm. I mean, God says, right. God says, you know, that he, that, that he took time to rest from all of creation. He wants us to find time to rest. Of course, that's with the caveat of, keep holy the Sabbath, right? Mm, So mm -hmm. take time to rest. I mean, there was the time, right, that existed. I've heard the stories of the time when everything shut down on Sundays because everyone understood it was a day to rest. Now, of course, we've sort of dwindled down to the Chick-fil-A's and the Hobby Lobby's and a few other uh, places that are like, well, we don't, we're not, we're not open on Sunday, you know. Right. Uh, But so it's supposed to be rest. And Rest can be uh, a game of golf, you know, taking up, you know, 18 holes at the local country club, you know, uh, or the back sure. nine or whatever you want to call it, you know. Sure. But that has to be in light of making sure that God is always first. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I remember 
very specifically when I was younger. And I would go to church, and we'd go on Sundays, and there was a mass around around noon uh, time, and there was this sort of you you knew and you could tell that there were people that were getting in their mass obligation, and God bless them for that. But mm. there they were; they needed to get home to get to the game Sunday football, mm-hmm. and so. They did their obligation, but they had to be ready and aimed and poised to get home for the game. Right. So we, again, I'm, I'm not condemning them. I'm not, you know, coming down any, anyone, but there's this obvious sort of, you know, point of sports on Sundays. And I think for a lot of people that is just ingrained in their head, like sports on Sundays. So we have those who, you know, go to mass they go to church early or later, but they've got to get their sports in there somewhere. And then there's the people like Will Duffy who are like, well, dear, have a good time at church. I'm going mm. to go play some golf. Mm. So Will Duffy has founded upon himself to rest on Sunday, but without giving the Lord his due. Right. You know, as you were talking, Albert, I was just thinking of a relatively recent philosopher. His name's Joseph Pieper, and he wrote a a little reflection, a very easy read, called Leisure, the Basis of Culture. And his whole point was that in the post-industrial revolution world, in our quote-unquote work-a-day world, we have no time for rest. We, we, We wake up in the morning, and then we hit the daily grind, and we go, 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 go. And then we go to bed at night, and then, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, you know, and it's the same thing. And he was saying, in order to break out of that vicious cycle, we need leisure. And then he defined leisure in in very specific terms. It's not just, you know, uh, party dude. You know, it's like, oh, it's the weekend, so let's party. That's And this is how we... This is how we rest. No, he said, leisure are those activities which contribute to the flourishing of our human personhood. You know, the arts, the fine arts, you know, going to a symphony conference or even, you know, playing a game of golf. Um, you know, the, the beauty of golf and the challenge of golf, the, the fact that there's human intelligence behind just uh, the game. Um, so, um, he also makes the point in that same work that those types of leisurely activities help us to uh, feel that we belong, that there's purpose, uh, that uh, there's order, and that there's enjoyable activities to our existence, that it's not all just obligation and productivity and a point. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to conclude saying the one act or that has the most capacity for our integral human flourishing is the act of worship. He says, so it's the act of worship that puts us in touch with the cause of all of creation, which is the cause of, of all being. And so in one sense, worship is the highest leisurely activity that we humans are capable of because it just actually puts us into contact with the divine. I thought it was really insightful as you were talking. You know, he's 
Will Duffy, and what a name! Like I think of like duffel bag, you know. He's, <laughs> you know, he's he's going out and he's seeking that leisurely activity, you know. And his wife is also seeking the same type, but objectively speaking, she's choosing the better part than he is. As as we uh, find out as the story unfolds, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I appreciate that you said. Uh, in reference to the philosopher about the sort of the greatest thing that we can do is worship. Mm. And it would be, it would be fair to say that when you observe some people, let's, let's take the subject of sports mm. that it would appear to outsiders as if some of these sort of, diehard sports fanatics mm. worship their 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 sport their their football team their baseball team their basketball team all sports together that they're on Sundays we'll say their act of worship is the whole thing that they set up to make sure that they can enjoy their game they 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 set out the banquet and the feast of whatever mm. it is they're going to snack and yeah. drink on. They make yeah. sure that their TV is ready and that they have the right channels and that they've invited guests over to yeah. the celebration and we're all going to come together and we're going to yeah. worship. We're going to worship the game. Yeah. Now, now yeah. again, now let me be clear. I, I enjoy a good game, okay? Yeah. I, I have nothing against football. I have nothing against basketball. I have nothing against enjoying sports. So yeah. before anyone wants to thumbs down and dislike and say, I don't <laughs> like sports, it's not what I'm saying. But right. I'm just making an observation that the extremes that some people go to in order to enjoy their sport, it sure references a point of almost worshiping and that right. is their form of worship. And what do we do at church? We all come together and we make sure that everything is prepared for the banquet. We mm -hmm. prepared for the great feast and mm -hmm. celebrating and coming together and worshiping Christ. And that is supposed to be the ultimate worship. That is supposed to be the highest form of worship that we mm -hmm. can participate in. But I, I, I this sort of juxtaposition of the worship of sports and then the worship of Christ. And you see these sort of similar elements, but how they want to play out. And, you know, someone wants to say, well, this is more important to me on Sunday, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think this is just sort of a constant, uh, I want to say struggle. It's just a balance that we see back and forth. And a lot of times sports wins. Yeah. Well, it's a great reflection, Albert. And as you were thinking, I had the question like, what is, like, you know, qualitatively, what's the difference between sort of substituting a sport for religious worship? Or what is the, the, the difference between, say, worshiping a sport uh, or worshiping in a church? You know, and so I just had that question. I don't know if any thoughts come to mind. Well, I mean, <laughs> one is actively wrapped up in Jesus. Right. Um, and maybe that's the most <laughs> obvious thing, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, and, and maybe everything else is secondary, you know? Maybe, yeah. maybe everything else is secondary because you could find relationships, right? Like between, you know, 
a big a big sports game. Well, they open with a big hymn and they have other songs throughout in the intermissions. Well, we open with a processional hymn and then there's, you know, the interlude musics and then there's yeah. the time. You know, so you can, you know, everything sort of back and forth. You could find the elements on every side, back and forth, back and forth. But yeah. the one thing that no sport will ever have is Jesus. Mm. It, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how much you want to try to justify it or you want to try and say, but I'm taking rest in this activity. You know, I'm right. finding leisure in me playing golf. That's great. Yeah. But Jesus is not there in a matter of speaking like, you know, Jesus is all around us. God is all around us. I understand that. But, you know, Jesus is present in the celebration of the mass where we worship, but not not out in 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 the football game not out mm. in in the golf course or in the basketball court like that's the that's where those two forms of worship are just never going to collide you know right um and you know you want you want you want to take it one step further you know there's the sort of the unfortunate battle of you know well we used to pray before a game, but now we can't pray before a game. So it's almost like, you know, there was right. there was this sort of small iota of, you know, well, we come together and our chaplain comes and we pray. We all kneel down and huddle and we all pray together and we thank God right. that we go out and we slap the wall and go out and play some football, yeah. you know. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's becoming something more difficult now, you know. So, yeah, I mean, you're just, you're not going to find him there, but you'll find him if you worship right. at the church, you know. Right. Um. So it's 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 a lot of similarities, but there's the there's the one really important one that you're not going to find elsewhere. Right. Yeah. You have similarities in as much as there are rituals that we go through on both levels, but the one main difference, and I think you nailed it, is that one is a creature, and the other is the creator. You know. And, and that's I think great. That's excellent. A, yeah. Right. As, as a society, we do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a sport. You know, it could be maybe going to a movie theater on Sundays or we, I live for movies or sure. Or I, or I live at the gym because, you know, physical fitness has somehow replaced um, or I'm trying to replace this or fill this God shaped hole in my heart with some type of ritual or some type of worship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that that's really the, the, the crux of the issue is that when we do that, when we try to stake our claim to this happiness that we all crave or this, this sense of leisure and well-being that we all crave on something that doesn't have the wherewithal in itself to provide that, then we end up uh, being empty and feeling cheated by it, I feel. You know, I, I, rem- I grew up in Southern California and... I remember having sort of a similar experience. I, you know, the annual um, trip to Disneyland, and we, I look forward to this day. It'd be on the calendar for months and months and months. And then the day was here, and we were having this great time. We were going on these rides and having these great experiences, eating these, you know, wonderful food. And then the day would come to an end, and then we'd wake up the next day, and it was a memory. And be like, okay, well, that was what I thought was, you know, set the standard for happiness is now a memory. Mm -hmm. And similarly, I've heard of stories of, you know, uh, these athletes who win the Super Bowl and they have that euphoria of winning. But then a couple weeks later, they ask these deeper questions like, well, is that all? Is it, what else is there? 
you know? So, and I think that that's what uh, our friend Mr. Duffy experiences, right? Sure, sure. And, and that's, a good, that's a good segue for me because there's another part of the story which I think that we need to talk about. And uh, I want to move into that point. So uh, we've established that Will Duffy is out playing golf uh, on Sunday. And he takes a swing for his first hole and he's looking for the ball. And then he finds out that he hit uh, a hole in one. Mm-hmm. And he's ecstatic and he's dancing around the green. So if you try to imagine, you know, just some middle-aged man dancing around a golf course, that's Will Duffy. Mm-hmm. And then we go right into the second hole. And he hits it, and it cleared the trees, which were apparently uh, uh, an, an issue in the second hole. And mm. then he says, you know, I've never hit the ball as well as I'm hitting it today. I, I wish this could last forever. Yes. And they, they go around, and we sort of, we and, and we continue on this journey, right? So we've, he finds out the second hole, it was another hole in one. And he says, back to back holes in one. And he's just... And then, and then, and then here's 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 the kicker, right? So he's mm-hmm. talking out. He's he has a caddy along with him, and he says, "I feel like I've died and gone to heaven." Right. And then the caddy says, "You did die," said the caddy when the dance had ended, "but you're not in heaven. Come on, you've got sixteen more holes in one. Then we'll start over, and you'll play another round, eighteen more aces, and we'll do it again." After that, well, we'll do it again eternally. Right. And so we now have established that Will Duffy has died, not yes. gone to heaven, mm-hmm. and he will spend the rest of his eternity simply hitting holes in one. And he even tries to not get a hole in one, and it still is a hole in one. Like he can't yeah. even force himself now to make a mistake. And we see that Will Duffy is now sort of. Uh, struck in with the realization of what he has to face for the rest of his eternity. Right. It's a pretty, uh, uh, it, it, there's a, a twist there that happens because the way it's written, you're, you're feeling the euphoria with him of, wait a minute. Wow. He just got a first hole in one. And then I, you know, beyond all belief, he gets a second Hole in one. I mean, what are the odds of that happening to anyone playing normal round of golf? But this isn't normal, right? <laughs> and when I read this part and I understood that the, the twist, what came back to me was that old uh, black and white episode of the Twilight Zone. I don't know if you ever saw it, but similarly, this gentleman's in this uh, casino and he can't lose. He's just winning after winning after winning. And uh, he's gaining all this popularity and attention. And, um, uh, so, but the punchline was something along those same, same lines. He's like, you know, I feel like I've got, you know, I've died and gone to heaven. <clears throat> but then after a while, he ends, he starts to get bored with it and it's empty and he tries to get out and he can't. And, it, and, and he tries to escape. And there's a moment of fear and, uh, it ends with some type of line that, that says, he's like, I thought this was supposed to be heaven. And the uh, casino guy says, well, whoever said that this was heaven? <laughs> so he has that realization in a right. dramatic moment. Whereas the caddy here sort of like takes it 
all that element of surprise and just as like, this is what you've chosen. You know, this is uh, your bed, so sleep in it, you know, and this is what we're going to do for all eternity. So, yeah, it's a pretty uh, 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 poignant uh, ending to his, uh, you know, his story or, or, or his sense of euphoria and joy. Just, just just as a note where we go on, I wanted to answer your question. What are the odds of hitting a hole in one? For apparently, uh, according to my research, oh. for a standard person, the odds of hitting a hole in one are 12,500 to one for the standard person. Wow. If you are a, uh, a professional, it goes way down uh, to 2,500 to one. Um, so we hope that all the professional golfers out there are hitting lots more hole in ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but back to the story, um, it's, it's interesting from a lot of perspectives, this realization of, you know, Will Duffy, uh, we are led to assume that from his choices of not going to church and skipping church and choosing Mm -hmm. to play golf has led him to a life in hell, presumably, it doesn't say that, but we are to presume that. He is being punished now for the rest of his life by playing golf eternally, hitting hole-in-ones um, mm. without anything that he can do to change that. Now, let's be clear again before anyone tunes in late and says, did you say I'm going to hell because I play golf? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. We, 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 didn't, we didn't say anything like that. We're talking yep. about a story uh, that is, we are to presume, uh, the main character that he has gone to hell for choosing golf over uh, church on Sundays and to not give the Lord his due. Okay, so this is a story. Uh, right. Please, to all the golfers out there, you can keep playing golf. No one's telling you to stop. Uh, but uh, so getting back to it, mm-hmm. right? So we, we, we're seeing one man's punishment for his uh, sort of turning his back on God. Yeah. Now, in a realistic sense, you know, um, the ability to find God's mercy, to return from a life mm. of not being with God, all, all of that's very possible. We know that God is, yeah. God is merciful. God is the last judge. We, we, we are not. But I think right. that the point here is that there is some sort of suffering that we experience, whether we realize it or whether we don't, because uh, from the way we can read the story, Will Duffy never gave a second thought to the fact that he wasn't going to church on Sunday. It was right. just, hey, my wife wants to go to church and I want to play golf. And that's kind of it. And there wasn't, you know, there's no sense of, did they have a discussion about it? Did she try to get him to go to church? Was he, you know, throwing up? Sure. It's just a simple, like, I'm going to golf, she's going to church. Yeah. So this thought that, you know, I think the general thought is if you choose to not have God in your life in an active way, that somehow your life is not going to be as complete as it should be. Right. And, and again, we're, we're not saying that you are destined to suffer in the eternal flames of the fiery pits of hell. That's not what we're saying, but that something is not going to be right in your mm-hmm. life. Something is going to be missing and you may actively feel it or you may not actively feel it. Uh, but that if you had 
making if you had made the choice to yeah. have God as a part of your life, you would be more fulfilled than just what you thought. In this instance, if Will Duffy had found a way to play golf, but also kept God in his life, he would probably be more fulfilled and potentially he would not be suffering eternal damnation, hitting holes in ones uh, for the rest of eternity, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. On a number of levels, I think the the story brings out that point, um, you know, and like, if you just want to get into raw, theology like hell is a lot worse than this like golfing for all eternity <laughs> right 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 <laughs> but i think the point of the story is that that those who are in hell um have just kind of played out uh a series of choosing themselves over god you know i think saint augustine in his city of god said that the two cities the city of god and the city of men in one sense, it's the city of God that they've chosen God to the point that they've forgotten themselves. In the city of men, they've chosen themselves to the point that they've forgot about God. And uh, like you were saying, yeah, there's nothing intrinsically evil about playing golf. So if you play golf, you're not going directly to hell. But the point of the story is that if we try to replace any type of creature uh, with God, it becomes an idol, and we'll ultimately live a hell, both here on earth, I would imagine, and then that will play out in eternity. You know, uh, I was always told, you know, God never sends anyone to hell. People send themselves to hell. And, you know, and, and that's sort of true in that sense. We're seeking for happiness, but if we don't, uh, if we willingly turn our back on those opportunities to grow, and, the, you know, and like you were saying, taking into account God's mercy and his providence. And he's always, you know, in our corner trying to bring us closer to himself. But if we reject those opportunities, yeah, that's sort of the, the natural consequence of, uh, of playing that out, you know, natural consequences of making those bad decisions. Right. Right. Yeah. But, and the ironic thing is as humans, we tend to think that these things will provide that absolute perfect unending uh joy and happiness that absolutely we, that, that is, we that's crave, right right i'm thinking you know the old testament you know sort of like esau sold his birthright for the a moment of just you know enjoying a meal like and that's sort of like analogously what we do all the, all the time we like oh let's choose this type of thing or that type of thing and it's it's not God. Well, I mean, what I mean, what, what happened to the what happened to the Israelites? Right? They were mm. they were waiting and waiting and waiting. They're like, oh, we're going to make our own. We're going to make our own God, and they yeah. make the, the 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 molten calf. And God gets pretty mad. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like don't don't do that. You know, right. don't don't do that because it's not going to turn out good. No, right? It, it it never does. And and it's not as if God is like this vindictive, suspicious you know, a uh, person who's out there and who's jealous of, uh, of, you know, his divinity and wants to be worshiped, you know, and forces us to worship him. No, it's just like, I feel he's a loving father who just feels like, Oh man, like don't choose that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, look, don't, don't touch the stove while it's on. It, it's going to burn you. 
Right. Oh, wait. I, I told you. You you went and touched the stove after I specifically right. told you not to do that. Told right. you you'd burn yourself. All yeah. right. Let's let's try again, you know, because yeah. God is willing to try over and over and over and over again for as long as we live to get mm-hmm. us to choose a life where he is front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 you 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 were on, you were on a really great uh, uh, path there, and I want to kind of keep going there because what do we do, right? We we're, we we have expectations right? mm. because obviously people try really hard to fill the space in their heart that is specifically designed for God, or the space in their soul that's specifically designed for God. We actively try to fill it with all sorts of things. Now the People will do everything that's, it could be moral, it could be immoral. People will try mm-hmm. all the things to fill mm-hmm. that space. Now, a lot of people, they don't, they don't necessarily get to ever experience those things, but they're like, oh, if I just had, if right. I could just do, if yes. I could. And what do we see with Will Duffy? Uh, he thought probably in his illustrious 30-year golfing career on Sundays that, Ah, if I could get hole-in-ones, if I could hit the ball amazingly every time, for all Mm. those times that he hit the ball and it went into his sand trap, for every time he lost a ball in the bushes, for every time he was so over par that he just thought he was going to quit the game, (laughs) all the times that he threw his his golf clubs across the green, for all those times he must have been thinking, ah, if I could just play better, if I could just get a hole-in-one, if I could just play great golf all the time if i could be a pro super awesome golfer all the time oh how much happier i would be right and then he gets it he gets the opportunity but then he realizes not even so much i think that that he's in hell but Mm. that now he's going to play perfect golf and something is not as exhilarating about it anymore Right, because all of there, there's nothing now. Now there's nothing else to look forward to. There's nothing. There's no challenge. There's no. I'm going to get better. No, he has. He's perfect now as far as golfing is concerned. Right. So what yeah. happens when we get that perfect thing that we say that we want? It's 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 relatable to my children when they get a a new gift or a a, mm. a, a toy. They are so adamantly excited about it for mm. 48 hours mm-hmm. and then it has lost its luster and my children will have more fun pretending and making a make-believe world and putting on costumes but yeah. that awesome amazing super toy that they were really excited about yeah. is no longer exciting right right they it's again that it's a creaturely temporal thing that provides a moment of joy or entertainment or novelty and sparks wonder, but then ultimately it it's just a creature. It's limited. It's not the, uh, the creator, you know, and unlike similarly with my Disneyland experience, you know, same type of thing. Oh, this is great. Uh, but then it's over the next day and it's a memory, but I was just, thinking as you were talking, Albert, that even St. Ignatius of Loyola in his uh, spiritual exercises has a meditation on the soul's 
experience of heaven as well as the soul's experience of hell. And that's it. The soul being eternal in heaven, every moment is like that. We're so filled with joy, so filled with happiness and peace and well-being. We think to ourselves, I just can't imagine how this can get any better. And then in the next moment, it does for all eternity. And conversely, in hell, you know, soul is filled with despair, horror, disgust, um, suffering, and it thinks to itself, I just can't imagine how worse this, this could get. And then it does for all eternity. And that's kind of, uh, it, it sort of points at the nature of who we are as spiritual individuals, as well as the objective world around us, that this world as beautiful and wonderful and as uh, lovely as it is, doesn't have the wherewithal in and of itself to make us completely, absolutely happy. You know, and uh, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's a, it, it makes life, like you were saying, it makes life beautiful, but it also makes us think like the stakes are high. And that's also an interesting point that the story brings out. The stakes aren't high anymore. There's no possibility of his making a mistake. It's set. You know, this is what you chose. You chose a creature over the creator, and it doesn't have the wherewithal to make you happy. Right, right. You know? So I really think that the story is well-written and brings out a lot of uh, sort of insights into that, you know, the dynamic of who we are as human beings and what we're made for, ultimately, who we're made for, Jesus, as you, as you mentioned earlier. It's it, It's a... You said it earlier how it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a sport. It could yeah. be movies. It could be food. It could be music. It could be mm. art. You know, it, again, yeah. n- none of these things are intrinsically bad, but it's just very, it seems like it should be very obvious that, hey, you know, outside of outside of Jesus, when someone says too much of a good thing can mm. be too much, you know, like you can have right. too much of a quote unquote good thing, right? You know, it, it can be detrimental to you. There's a reason that we <coughs> cannot eat without stopping. Okay. We're, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, uh, like the, the sin of gluttony here. Mm. You know, we're just talking about you physically can't or else you're going to cause damage to your body, you know, right? you know, and yeah. so there's 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 limits that have been placed on us like we cannot just we can't do that mm. but the one thing the one thing that we can absorb internally emotionally you know spiritually without without in is 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 Christ and his love you know mm. like yes. there there is no limit there so right. you know in I'm not I'm not trying to be, you know, preachy here, but you know, it would just seem to me it's like, look, I respect whatever you want to believe and don't believe, but all these other things that we've sort of created as man, sports, food, movies, technology, mm. there's just there there's a limit to them. Mm. But here is this here's this offer on the other side in you can have as much as you want without there ever being any harm to you. 
Right. It's like, wouldn't you like to consider the potential of something that will bring you joy and happiness and, mm. and, and, you know, God willing and eternal salvation uh, without, you know, wor- without having to worry about any of the, the negative side effects of this pharmaceutical, you know, it, it's just <laughs> not going to happen here, right. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, it'd be amazing. Right. And, and that's what heaven will be like. You know? Right. And, right. But um, yeah, like you were saying, it's true. And, and not to say that, you know, again, there are wonderful and wholesome and, and healthy pursuits in this mm-hmm. world. Most but, definitely. Most but, definitely. You know, but I think like true wisdom is understanding that, um, like you were saying, uh, too much of a good thing or maybe, you know, moderation in everything, right? It's like understanding their proper place within the whole warp and woof of reality. Like, yeah, these are wonderful, good things, but they're ultimately creatures, like the gifts given from the creator for us to use well and hopefully wisely. Um, but then I think true wisdom is understanding that is understand seeing their limitations and that they aren't, we should, we ought not to stake our claim for ultimate happiness on them because they just, they're incapable of making us completely happy. Right. Right. Well, Michael, we should probably try to wrap up there. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have been reviewing Sunday Golfer uh, by James G. Bruin Jr. Uh, if you haven't listened to that story yet, please take a listen to it. You can go to waobaudiotheater.org and our door-to-door storytellers program page, or you can find this uh, recording on our YouTube channel. Uh, for We Are One Body Audio Theater. So we hope that you have enjoyed the conversation and the insights that Michael and I have tried to open up. And uh, Michael, as always, I'd like to give you a big thank you for joining us here on this episode. Likewise, Albert. It's been really insightful and I've enjoyed sort of exploring the deeper ideas that the story's brought out. And uh, yeah, uh, go check out the audio recording uh, at We Are One Body Audio Theater. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of The Table of Content. And until the next time, be good, stay safe, peace. Peace.